I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, and welcome back to RIP Diets. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. If it's your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. If it is not your first time listening, welcome back. I'm happy to have all of you here. And I wanted to uh, start off with a little announcement of sorts. Since I am pre-recording episodes right now, um, for example, the episode you're listening to right now was recorded on June 20th, I am not getting a lot of feedback in real time. I'm actually getting next to no feedback in real time because these episodes are not out. However, I really wanted this to remain a close community of people who are fucking sick of diet culture ruining our fucking lives. I curse on this podcast. I don't know if you picked up on that. So I came up with the brilliant idea to include some videos of me recording the podcast that are up on my Instagram and on my TikTok. I need to remember to promote my TikTok. It's not second nature to me yet. You can follow me at Lubination on both platforms as I will be pre-recording episodes in the seasons moving forward. I am just finding it way less stressful than putting pressure on myself to produce something good every week. This way I can pre-plan and prepare and make sure that you guys get a tight, thought out, entertaining show. So I've been putting some clips of myself recording So follow me on those platforms and you can comment on those videos with your feedback. If there's a prompt, you can answer the question. And it really actually does help me make a show that is better for everybody and that is more entertaining and more relevant to you. So definitely follow me. And when you see those videos pop up moving forward, throw a comment in there. Throw a comment on my bones to pick, which I will be doing later, and tell me what your bones to pick are. I really want to be as inclusive as possible. And this is our podcast, okay? This is not just my podcast. And now I am thrilled to bring to your attention some food news. This is a product that I actually stumbled upon in the bodega yesterday, and I didn't buy it. I was intrigued by it, but I did not buy it, and that was the Cheetos brand. You guys remember Cheetos, right? The puffs, the crunchy, the flaming hot, Chester the Cheetah with his cool guy sunglasses. I mean... Cheetos is iconic. The Cheetos brand that we all know and love has come out with mac and cheese. And I don't know if this is a new product, but it's a new product to me because I had never seen this before. There were three different flavors. There was the bold and cheesy, which I imagine is most like classic mac and cheese. There was a flaming hot flavor, which I'm very intrigued by. And then there was a cheesy jalapeno flavor. Um, And they're very cartoonish, very bright colors. It's the same branding as the Cheetos that we know and love. But yeah, I did not buy it, but I took a photo of it and I shared it to my Instagram story. And a few listeners slid into my DMs and said, oh my God, when you try this, you need to report back. So now I need to go back and get it. 
I'm kind of a purist when it comes to mac and cheese, if I'm being honest. I don't usually go for bold, insane flavors. I usually just go for the classic, slightly orange-colored mac and cheese with the classic macaroni. I'm just, I like to keep it pure. But for you guys, I will try it. And I'll report back on the next episode. Because once again, I have heard your cries and I'm responding to it. This is our podcast. It does make logical sense to me that Cheetos would do this because, you know, Cheetos, it's cheesy crunchies. I don't even know what you call them. Puffs? What do you call them? Cheese crunchies? Cheese curls? The, anyway, I understand the logical move to branch out and make mac and cheese. I just, I wonder if people are actually buying this because I feel like most people are like me. You know, most people like a Kraft mac and cheese. Most people uh, sometimes like an Annie's mac and cheese for a little something, something. But it's just such a bold move to buy Cheetos mac and cheese and have that in your kitchen for a Saturday afternoon. I don't know. It's not something I would ever buy. But like I said, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to try it and report back. I wonder if I should try every kind. Maybe I'll just try the bold and cheesy because I feel like that is the most likely to get in my good graces. But yeah, more to come on the Cheetos mac and cheese. Okay, now everybody's favorite segment, I have a bone to pick. This one was submitted by a listener who commented on one of the other bone to pick videos. And this is what I'm telling you guys. If you comment with a bone to pick and I agree with it, um, or I mean, even if I don't fully agree with it, I will bring it up on the podcast because I give the people what they want. And this person gave the suggestion of skinny margaritas slash skinny cocktails. I am so with you, girl. I do have a bone to pick with skinny cocktails. I do. I was at a wedding very recently. And you know how at a wedding, they often have specialty cocktails that they pass around. This wedding had an open bar. So obviously, I mean, you could get whatever you wanted. But Oftentimes, the couple will kind of put together predetermined cocktails, one for the bride, one for the groom. It's like a cute little thing. They write it up on a menu and some fancy calligraphy, and you can have one of those drinks if you prefer not to pick your own drink. So I was at this wedding, and one of their specialty cocktails was actually a skinny margarita. I took one sip of it. And I was like, I could use the fat version. This did not even taste like a margarita. It didn't taste like a margarita at all. I'm pretty sure it was just like tequila, lime juice, and seltzer, maybe a touch of agave, but it didn't have that margarita taste. It was just not it. And I mean, listen, Everybody has the right to order a skinny margarita if that's what makes them happy. And there are a lot of people who like the taste of tequila and lime or tequila and seltzer. There are plenty of those people out there. So I'm not yucking your yum. But it was an interesting choice, I thought, to have that as a signature cocktail. Usually, other weddings that I've been to, the signature cocktail will be something really fun, like a champagne 
spritz or a, a fruity sangria. I don't know. They, they do, you know, a fun drink that you might not think of. But I assume they picked the skinny margarita because one of them is obsessed with them. If I had to take a guess, I would say it's probably the bride who drinks skinny margaritas. I've never seen a man order a skinny margarita. And once again, they probably exist. They're probably out there, but I've just personally never seen it. My question is, what even makes it skinny? Does it have less sugar? I mean, I, I definitely... I definitely know that it does have less sugar because it doesn't have margarita mix in it. That's that's what reduces the sugar. And that's why people call it skinny, because it is a, quote, lighter version of a margarita, even though it, it tastes nothing like it. Could we just call it a reduced sugar margarita instead, rather than forcing the thin ideal on an alcoholic beverage? I just, I hate the term skinny on any kind of menu item because it reinforces the idea that eating this will make you skinny and eating that will make you fat, which is diet culture propaganda. No one food can make you skinny and no one food can make you fat. That's just not the way food works. And it's definitely not the way alcohol works. So let's call a spade a spade and not force the thin ideal onto our alcoholic beverages. It's not fair to them. Will somebody please think of the margaritas? Okay, and I'm obviously joking. Everyone knows margaritas don't have feelings, but I have feelings. And let me tell you, let me tell you, after all the work I've done, even though I consider myself pretty much removed from diet culture, you can never be fully removed from it because it's the water that we're swimming in, but... Even after all the work I've done to break free from diet culture, if I see a skinny version of a product on a menu, skinny margaritas, a skinny colada, uh, skinny french fries, I've seen that pop up on some menus, it doesn't make me want to order that necessarily, but it does just put a bad taste in my mouth, so to speak. It makes me think twice about ordering the regular version if that's what I wanted because the implication is that the regular version will make me fat and that evokes a lot of complicated feelings within me. It makes me a bit anxious to order the thing that I actually want. On that note, actually, speaking from purely a business perspective... I don't think thinness is something that a restaurant menu should be forcing on its clientele because people generally go to restaurants to eat delicious food, right? I don't know if it's wise for the menu to be pointing a big fat finger, (laughs) so to speak, at one of their food items being the healthy choice over another. Personally, that's not what I go to restaurants for. If I wanted to have control over every ingredient and how the food was prepared, etc., I would just cook at home. But that's, again, one woman's opinion. So weigh in, guys. Hit me up and tell me what you think about it because it's not always so cut and dry when we're talking about calorie counts on menus or health-conscious sections on the menus. Um, I think... There are probably people out there who find it useful, but I personally do not. So 
Today, I wanted to touch on a topic that I have not spoken too much about, I haven't really gone in depth with, and that is skin imperfections or skin perfections, as I like to call them. That is our cellulite, our stretch marks, our loose skin, these things that many of us are insecure about, but we don't really talk about. I know that a lot of women are concerned about cellulite. There are so many products out there that claim to reduce your cellulite or make it disappear completely. And most of these products, um, I redact that. All of these products are bullshit because you cannot reduce cellulite and you cannot remove it It is caused by genetics, and it's something that many of us have. You could lose all the weight you want, and you will probably still have it if you already did. And the same could actually be said for stretch marks. Um, I actually was thinking about what I was going to talk about regarding cellulite, stretch marks, loose skin. And I have had my own journey with all this stuff. I definitely have loose skin on my body that I've been very self-conscious of for many years. And it all goes back to when I was in fat camp. And I detailed my experience in fat camp in season one. So you can go back and listen to that. But it, it was definitely a turning point for me in my struggle with body image that I didn't even fully appreciate or put together until years and years later. But I think my experience at fat camp did solidify this notion that I had grown up with, that fat is bad. You should always strive to be thin. But there was even so much more that I didn't know. And one thing that I didn't know about at the time were stretch marks. I had no idea what stretch marks were when I went to fat camp. And at some point during the first week that I was there, the girls in my bunk were chanting this chant. Um, and it it was basically like this. It went, we're fat and we know it. Our stretch marks, they show it. I'm not fucking kidding. We're fat and we know it. Our stretch marks, they show it. Um, and they were doing it like a cute little cheer. I think for them, it was kind of empowering. I know that a lot of people who went to fat camp did not have the experience that I had. There were some girls Uh, And boys, but, you know, I was mostly around the girls who would go back year after year and they really found a sense of community at fat camp the same way that you would at any camp. And so I'm not speaking ill of these people, of course, but I didn't know what stretch marks were. And then when I heard them chanting this, I pulled one girl aside. I was like, what what are stretch marks? And she kind of pointed out on her thighs areas that she had stretch marks and she's like that's these are them they're just these like ugly little marks on your skin when you gain weight and after that I noticed that I too had stretch marks because I throughout my entire childhood would go up and down in weight and obviously when you're experiencing yo-yo weight loss and gain, your skin is going to stretch a little bit and you're going to lose a little bit of that elasticity. So the areas that I have stretch marks and I still have them, even though they're quite faded now, I still have them. I could never completely get rid of them on my belly, like my lower belly and on my arms. And for years and years, especially when I was in my eating disorder, this 
was really difficult for me because I was restricting so heavily. And at one point, I, I did drop a lot of weight by not very healthy means and measures. And the stretch marks would never go away. So subconsciously, I definitely had that chant going on in the back of my mind. And I thought, oh, well, I'm still fat. I still have these stretch marks. These are ugly. No one thinks these are beautiful. This is an imperfection and I can't get rid of it. And I I felt so desperate at the time. I've made so much progress since then. And I really don't even think that much about my stretch marks. Every so often, I will catch a glimpse in the sun and I will think, oh, I don't like that. I really don't like that. But then I have to remind myself, it's just like a scar. It's just like a birthmark. It's not something that makes you ugly. It's if anything, and this is a hard thing to retrain your brain to think, but I truly think a stretch mark can be seen as evidence that your body has gone through a journey, right? It's evidence that you've changed over the years. Your skin has stretched. There's nothing wrong with it. And for me personally, coming out of my eating disorder, they have become a symbol for me that I have gone through a lot of trauma in my body. I have been forced to lose weight. And then as a side effect, I have put on a lot of weight because I felt like I was starving. And my skin was just doing the best she could. She was just trying to keep it together for me. And she was really doing me a solid. And that's where the stretch marks have come into play. Okay. So they are not a bad thing. In a way, they're actually a good thing because they remind me of all the trauma that I've put my body through and they remind me to be kind to myself. So I think if you yourself struggle with stretch marks, that is something that you could work towards accepting about yourself and actually loving because it can serve as a reminder to be kind to your body and to take really good care of it. And that's how I like to see it. I do know that some women will refer to their stretch marks as tiger stripes. You know, there's a big movement to make stretch marks a beautiful thing. I'm not saying that they're not beautiful. I just, I don't see them that way. I don't relate to that personally. And I will never call my stretch marks tiger stripes because I think it's corny as fuck. But if that makes you happy and if that helps you, by all means, call them tiger stripes. You're a tiger girl. You're on the prowl. You know, I, I think that is totally fine. That's just not what personally works for me. When it comes to cellulite, I do have cellulite. I have cellulite a little bit on my outer thighs, a little bit on my butt, a little bit on my belly, I would say. Uh, but it's not really something that I'm very self-conscious about. I will tell you as a fact, this is a factual piece of information Not only fat people have cellulite. In fact, many, many thin people have cellulite. Your weight does not determine whether you're going to have cellulite. It's entirely genetic. When I was growing up, and I I hope she doesn't hear this because she's definitely steeped in diet culture and she's going to feel like I'm putting her on blast, but my mom has cellulite. She always did. So I think seeing that, and my mom is a very slim woman, I never associated that particular thing with fatness, but you know... Again, I have a different experience than other people. Cellulite, not really a big deal. 
it's not really a big deal. And I know like me saying that is not necessarily going to help you, but you can't really get rid of it. So the best you can do is just learn to accept it. And another thing that could potentially help you is to follow people on social media who look like you, who do not edit their photos. This is, I mean, if we really want to get into it, probably most of the influencers that you see on Instagram and on TikTok, and they're always body checking, they're always doing their little poses and their little bikinis, and I'm not making fun, I do it too. A lot of them are editing their skin. A lot of people are going into Facetune and they're smoothing out their skin because we have been conditioned to believe that rough skin or uneven skin or skin with cellulite on it is ugly. And it keeps getting worse and worse because these apps exist where you can smooth out your entire skin and kind of look like your skin has a filter on it, essentially. But other people seeing this will not know. And I think that's very harmful. I try not to do this. Um, I will admit that in the past, I have kind of smoothed out my skin before posting pictures. And knowing that I myself have done that, and I am so against editing pictures, I would never like make myself look thinner than I am or um, manipulate my waist to hip ratio or any of that garbage. But for a long time, I thought smoothing out my skin was fine. I really didn't see any problem with it because I thought, you know, people use filters all the time. So what is the difference between that? And also what is the difference between doing that and maybe putting leg makeup on or making your skin look a different tone than it really is naturally? What's the difference between that? I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is that you're doing something really subtle in post and then you're passing it off as something that is natural. And that can make a lot of people feel like, oh, well, this girl doesn't have an ounce of cellulite on her body, but I do. So what's wrong with me? And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just trusting those people and you're accepting that image as reality when it really is usually not. Another thing about cellulite, uh, once again, I've seen so many skin products that claim to reduce cellulite or make it go away completely. One that I have heard of for years and years and years. I've heard people rave about it. I've heard people trash it. This is a very polarizing product. It's called Brazilian Bum Bum Cream. And First of all, I think that name is so cute, Brazilian Bum Bum Cream. Like, I kind of want to buy it just because that name is adorable. And I've also heard that it has a really nice scent. So if you're into fragrance like I am, you'd probably like it. It smells like the tropics. But I've never bought it. And that's because it's way overpriced. It's extremely expensive. Wait, I looked it up earlier. It's $48 for a tub. And it's not a very big tub. It's eight ounces. It's basically shea butter. It's basically like a shea butter or a cocoa butter cream, just like the Palmer's cocoa butter that they used to market towards women post-pregnancy who had stretch marks. This just makes your skin smoother and softer in general, just like any other moisturizer was, any you know heavy moisturizer. But it's marketed towards women as uh, a cream that will reduce your cellulite. And it's called bum bum cream because I think, you know, that evokes, you know, I can put this on my ass and the cellulite on my ass will reduce by 
50%. I don't even know if that's what they claim, but that's how it's marketed as put this on your butt, put this on your thighs, your arms, whatever. It'll reduce your cellulite. It'll make your skin more even. Read the reviews on Sephora though, because I am reading them right now and it does not do what it says it does because no product can do that. Nothing that you put, no topical treatment that you put on your skin can reduce your genetic disposition to cellulite. It's just not going to happen. It would be nice if there were products that could do this, but it's not. And I don't know witchcraft, so I can't make that happen. If you do know witchcraft, that's your best shot at reducing these, these things on your skin. Separate from cellulite and separate from stretch marks uh, is the issue of loose skin. This is something that I really don't hear people talking about, especially not thin people, but I have loose skin on my body. I do. It's not like I have a ton of it, but you guys know that when you see yourself in the mirror, you're seeing such a zoomed in version of yourself. All your flaws seem huge. All your flaws seem like this is the difference between me being hot and me being disgusting. And I have come to accept that just like my stretch marks, there are areas on my body that have loose skin because I gained and lost weight so many times over that my skin had to stretch out when I was gaining weight. And then when I lost weight, I had that leftover skin. I have it in my underarms. And uh, some people refer to this as bat wings. I don't like that term at all. I'm not a bat. I'm a beautiful phoenix rising from the ashes. So don't refer to any part of my body as being that of a bat. But I get so self-conscious about my arms being out in the summer because of this loose skin that I have. And I recently had to come to terms with this and and say to myself, okay, guess what? You can do all the toning exercises you want. You can do all the pull-ups that you want. You can do all the chest presses, all the tricep dips, all the things. You're still going to have loose skin. And that's fine. That doesn't make you less attractive. That doesn't mean that you're less worthy. It's just evidence of something that your body has been through. Similarly, I have uh, loose skin a little bit on my belly. And um, I've talked about my insecurities with my belly before. I know that it's not that big. And I, I hope this isn't triggering for people who gain weight in their belly. Um, but, you know, throughout my life, I did have a very big belly. And then I had a not so big belly. And the skin could not retract because that's not how skin works. It stretched out. And then when I lost weight, it got a little loose. And now I still have some extra skin in those areas. And guess what? There's nothing I can do about it. So at some point, we have to let go and let God. And when I say that, I mean, we have to accept there might be areas on our body that make us feel uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean they're bad. Just like eating certain foods make you uncomfortable because you've been brainwashed to think those foods are bad, but that doesn't mean that those foods are objectively bad. It's entirely because this is what people have been saying for years is that if you have loose skin, stretch marks, cellulite, then 
you don't fit into that beauty ideal. You don't have a tight snatched bod the way that the models on Sports Illustrated do. And I have reached a level of peace because instead of telling myself that like, oh no, I'm just as hot as they are. I can be a model. I, I just need to hide my cellulite. I just need to hide my loose skin. Instead of feeling that way, I have come around to believe that, um, yeah, I don't look like a model and I never will. And that's okay because we as women don't need to strive for perfection and we don't need to look like models. That doesn't make us more worthy of living our lives and of being happy and comfortable in our skin is having a perfect six pack and not having any imperfections, skin perfections on our body. We can come to a collective agreement that maybe we are not the great beauties of our generation, according to European beauty standards. Maybe we don't fit into the ideal standard of beauty, but we're still worthy. And it's irrelevant at this point. It doesn't matter. So I want you guys to feel empowered this summer when you go to the beach and you're wearing your bikini and maybe some of your cellulite is showing. Maybe you have a little loose skin. Maybe when you bend over to put on sunblock, you have some rules that weren't there. I don't know. Everybody has their own thing. And to accept that, I don't need to look perfect, quote unquote, to exist in my body and to exist freely at the beach and to show my skin and all its skin perfections. I don't need to subscribe to this bullshit. And that's pretty much all I have to say about cellulite, stretch marks, loose skin. I know it can be so hard when you have these things on your body that you see as imperfections and they make you uncomfortable and you might think that nobody else has them and you shouldn't have them, and oh, I I work so hard in the gym, why do I still have these? It's out of your control, babe. So let go and let God live your best fucking life and let your cellulite flap in the wind because we are here and we are hot and we do not need to look like models in order to be worthy individuals. And that's my rant for today. Um, I don't even know how long I've been recording for. Was that a half an hour? I feel like it was about a half an hour. So anyway, you guys, this was your daily dose of RIP diets, your daily dose of body neutrality, body positivity, whatever you want to call it. Please follow me on social media. I am Lubination on TikTok and on Instagram. And you can also follow RIP diets at RIP diets on Instagram. I do not have a TikTok for that uh, account. And if you want to write to me directly, slide into my DMs, or you can email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about the episode. If you have any bones to pick, if you have any food news, I would love to be alerted to that. And I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, be your gorgeous and flawless and fabulous selves. And don't give a fuck about the beauty standard that diet culture will have you believe is necessary because it is absolutely not. You can live your fullest, happiest life just as you are and you're perfect just the way you fucking are. Peace, love, RIP diets. (laughs) 